Heavenly Father, that at all times our minds will think of you. We pray that at all times our lips will praise you. And most importantly, Heavenly Father, we pray at all times that our hearts will be in love with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you know that elephants can't jump? Did you know that crocodiles can't stick their tongues out? Did you know that the first couple to be seen in bed on national television was Fred and Wilma Flintstone? Did you know that where your treasure is, there your heart is also? And did you know that that treasure is in jars of clay? Fifteen men on a dead man's chest, yo-ho-ho, and a bottle of rum. Do you remember that story? Treasure Island. Jim Hawkins is the narrator of the story, and he is the son of the guesthouse owner on the west coast of England in the 18th century. A map showing the location of Captain Flint's treasure is brought to the guesthouse, and Jim gets the map before Pew and the pirate gang. Jim delivers the map to the squire, and together they set off for Treasure Island in the schooner. There follows an adventure where we meet with Long John Silver, Ben Gunn, and others. All the characters have one thing on their mind. Find the treasure. X marks the spot. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And today's text is dealing with a central, spiritual, gospel question. Where is your treasure? The text results from a fusion of number of elements found in different places in both Matthew and Luke, and the various points seem confusing. However, they are combined here to make a point that the treasure is to be located at the very center of our spirituality, the ground of our being. I know that as a church, you will have been on a bit of a roller coaster, not just about last week, but about knowing uh, that Peter's leaving. And I had gone on that roller coaster as a minister just before um, Christmas, and I know that as a pastor, how you really, um, you're, you're his family. And they were my family. And sometimes we can get ourselves so hooked into a person that we can miss actually other treasure. Because all of us are here for such a time as this. All of us have our story to play at such a time as this. And then also God calls us to other things. And so as Peter has been called to other things, so too are your, is your church being called to other things. To find out where your treasure is and to think about actually who we might get to bring that treasure into all fullness. Saying goodbye is important, but we should treasure one another 
but we need to keep our eyes on that real treasure. And that's the presence of Jesus in our lives. Just think that the light that, that brought the earth into being is the light that shines in your hearts. Isn't that amazing? The gospel writers use the teachings of Jesus to take us away from the details of life in which we can so easily lose ourselves. And the gospel writers take our head in our hands and look into our eyes. They focus our eyes and they say, where is your treasure? Because there where your, where your heart is, your treasure is. We all live life according to our desires and we can all use church, you know, sometimes as a bit of an escapism. I think everything is fine. We live life according to our desires. We live life according to our treasure. If we want to be wealthy, if we want to be powerful, if we want to have a quiet life, if we want to have a nice house, if we want to be a really good mother, if we want to be spiritual, we all have our driving forces. And the ones that mean the most to us are the ones that most influence our lives and decisions. And in fact, all of our decisions can be made through the choice we make if we want power. When given a choice, our decision will be the one that makes us more powerful. If we want to be wealthy, then if we choose that, we make our decisions based on money. If we want a quiet life, as often we can, keep our head down, we'll make our decisions based on that, and so on. And we all need an opportunity to ask that question. Where is your treasure? Because sometimes where our treasure is, is actually false. The gospel writers tell us not to get lost in peripheral issues, not to miss the center of our lives. A couple of years ago, I watched the film The House of Sand and Fog by André Dubois. And in the story, a number of people are trying to identify the meaning of their lives. And it seems to be centered in a house. There's a recovering alcoholic woman loses this house given to her by her father because she's failed to pay taxes. And, and in error, it, sell, it sells at auction. And a former Iranian colonel who hasn't found meaningful work in this country and whose wife is always depressed because she can't forget her former life, lavish lifestyle, buys this home as an investment on their way to recovering the life they've lost. Complications set in over this house. The two families are pitted apart. They want this house at any cost. The Iranian couple's son is shot and killed. The colonel in despair kills his wife and then commits suicide himself. The recovering alcoholic's lover ends up in prison. And this thoroughly depressing film closes with the fog surrounding the house and the woman who decides she doesn't want it anymore. I don't recommend it. (laughs) But... The point is, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever thought, I really want something, and you do, and, and you, you work so hard, and then you get it, and you find, actually, I didn't want that after all. It's not quite as it seems. Playing, an old, playing on an old children's rhyme, for want of the house, the kingdom was lost. A material object became so important that several people lose the meaning of their lives. In St. Augustine's words, where your pleasure is, there is your treasure, Where your treasure is, there is your heart. Where your heart is, there is your happiness. Matthew and Luke, through the words of Jesus, is saying that the very center of our being will never be satisfied 
with our heart, without our hearts being focused on the right treasure. But what is treasure? The world keeps treasure safe, doesn't it? From the vaults beneath the earth guarded by thick steel doors to works of art protected by lasers and the crown jewels in the Tower of London. Treasures of the world are kept safe and often inaccessible. But God's treasure, God's treasure is a little different. God's treasure is kept in clay pots. God's treasure is kept in the ordinary. God's treasure is kept completely in the accessible. What is the treasure? Of course it's gold and jewels and silver and works of art, but it, and it can also be those precious things to us that nobody else knows about, the sentimental things that you know would cost absolutely nothing, but actually for you is treasure. It's part of your personal treasure trove. The treasure of the gospel is different to all of us, just like we have different treasures. The impact of the gospel on all of us is different depending on our circumstances. However, there is one thing that can be true for all, and that the truth of the gospel helps us to begin seeing things from God's perspective. Your future. See it from God's perspective. We begin to see ourselves. When we have God in mind, we begin to see ourselves, others and the world through God's eyes. And the more we understand this perspective, the more we appreciate the need for forgiveness and we thank God for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ. Each week we come together, don't we? We tell each other the story of salvation and through the absolution, through God's forgiveness, his healing will flow. And worshipping together, this is a new building, this is a new site, how absolutely and utterly exciting. Uh, but worshipping together also means that we come with everybody that's ever worshipped before and everybody that's going to ever be worshipped afterwards. The cosmic reality is that Christ achieved this for everyone 2,000 years ago on the cross. But we need to keep meeting to tell that salvation story, that eternal treasure. Treasure in clay pots. The extraordinary in the ordinary. When we know Jesus, we are holding the eternal in the mortal. I heard someone say once that we cease to exist when no one remembers us. I find that absolutely amazing. We cease to exist when no one remembers us. And how often have you gone round church graveyards and looked at the gravestones and just thought, how long have they been there? How long has that headstone been there? Do they cease to exist in people's hearts? Because it was 200 years ago now that that person was laid there. And that train of thought does keep going on in the Psalms, doesn't it? He remembers that we are but dust. Our days are like the flowers of the field. When the wind goes over it, it's gone, and its place will know it no more. But the everlasting to the everlasting, the Lord's love, is with those who fear him and his righteousness on their children's children for generations to come. 
Bodily, we are mortal, we shall cease to be. But the gospel, the treasure we carry inside of us, has come from other pilgrims before us and will proceed from us to others, the extraordinary encompassed within the ordinary. And the fact that God involves clay pots indicates that things aren't actually always what they seem. It's not quite as the world sees them. I mean, just think about Antiques Roadshow. Just think about all those things that are going on at the telly at the moment to buy deal or no deal or um, red and there's red and blue teams that all go out and they find treasure and they, you know, they come along and then we tonight we'll have the Antiques Roadshow again and people are searching frantically through the attic to get something that has a hidden value. They take it to the experts. They queue for hours and hours and hours. Are they interested in this thing? No. What are they interested in? Money. They just go, what? You can see them go, yeah, but how much is this worth? Shut up. I don't care that it came from 1820. I just want to know how much I'm going to get for this piece at auction. How much is it worth? Worth. And then amazingly, at times, things that don't seem of real value are of real value. And it's just us thinking about what it is we value. I can remember when I used to work in the accident and emergency department in York. Um, and it's a bit like working in the um, diocesan offices at the moment. A&E is like you never quite know what is going to come through the doors in a morning. You don't quite know. And it's the same because we've had we, we, we're painting and uh, things are being moved around and people are popping in and out. And it's like I go in and I don't know what the day's going to hold. And the A&E department was exactly the same. But I remember the ambulance drivers coming and and speaking to us, and they were really laughing, I have to say. Because what happened was, there was, a, there was a managing director that was just about getting into retirement, just about to retire, and sadly, he'd fallen down the stairs. And his wife was at the bottom of the stairs, apparently, and had phoned up the uh, 999, phoned up the ambulance, and uh, they were trying to calm her down because she was getting really panicking. And uh, so you know how they give you instructions over the phone. So he was the the, the uh, ambulance um, exchange. Were just, they were just trying to find out what was going on, and ended up you know he he was very into who he was. So they were going, but how is he? Well, she, he's all right. He's still breathing. Um, um, what happened? Well, he slipped at the top of the stairs and he fell down the stairs. And and what position is he? In? What position is he in? And she said he's a company director. <laughs> And he said, no, I just want to know what position she's, he's in at the bottom of the stairs. But so into position, so wanting to say this is, he's somebody and he's fallen down the stairs. Things are not always what they seem. The treasure of the gospel, as we know, is not about position. It's not about different roles. We all have different roles. We all have different life experiences. And we're all called to share the treasure we have, where we are, to try to make an eternal difference. Gordon Brown was asked by journalists in July 2004 when he was going to be the leader of the Labour Party, um, what he was going to do. And he said, it's not the position you hold, but the good you can do in that position. And I thought this was one of his wise answers. Very true. The only reason we are all here in faith is that for 2,000 years, Christians, regardless of their position, have shared their eternal treasures. 
the extraordinary within the ordinary. We're not just mortal crackpots, or some of you might say we are, but we can ha all of us can have make a difference with the treasure that we have. We engage with God's eternal treasure, and we can offer his treasure through us to the world. But also we must not let our feelings of low self-esteem or self-worth get in the way of sharing our treasure. None of us is perfect. Perfection is not for this life. Our journey towards it is. I just want to finish with a story about a water bearer in India. Had two large pots, one hung on each side of the pole, which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, and while the other pot was absolutely perfect and always delivered a full pot of portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house, the cracked pot always arrived half full. And for two years this went on daily with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots full of water to his master's house. Now, of course, the, these pots, they are living beings, you have to know this, and they have feelings. And of course, the perfect pot was, was just one of those perfect pots. And of course, he was very proud of his achievements. But the cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection. And it was miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been created to do. And after two years of what it perceived to be bitter failure, it was a very clever pot because it spoke to the water bearer. So it spoke to the water bearer and it said to the water bearer, I am just so ashamed of my, myself and I apologize to you. Why, asked the bearer, what are you ashamed of? And the cracked pot said, well, for a long time I've only been able to deliver half my load because this crack in my side causes water to leak out all over the way, all back, all the way to your master's house. And because of my flaws, you have to do more work. The water bearer was moved with compassion for the cracked pot and said, Have you not noticed all the beautiful flowers along the path? They are only on your side. I can now pick flowers to decorate the master's table. And without you being just the way you are, he would not have this beauty and grace in his house. Our treasure is what gives our life meaning. And where your heart is, your treasure is. And that treasure is the gospel for us today. And that treasure is in us all which are cracked pots. We all carry eternal treasure of who we are, what we do, where we live. But we're called to share these treasures, to make an eternal difference within our own area. God has broken mortality to share his eternal treasure. He has placed something quite extraordinary in the ordinary. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And that is where your hearts will be found. And so we go back to Treasure Island and X marks the spot. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. So let our cross be the right cross. Amen.